1: Chelsea from Idaho who shares her journey of birthing her first two children in birth centers to go on to free birth her next two babies at home. Chelsea shares her wisdom on how she chose to fiercely protect the privacy of her birthing choices. We talk about how Chelsea went through every labor stage prior to her final birth of her daughter and achieved a painless birth experience.
0: grew up very like Western medical, did everything that way. My husband grew up everything, not medical. Mm. (laughs) His mom had a traumatic experience after he was born. Um, and basically was told that she would figure out how she could heal herself. And then he's the fifth of seven. So the last two were born at home with midwives. The other ones were all hospital births. And so when I married him, she kind of started chiming in randomly about that. And I was like, no way, epidural all the way. I'm not doing the pain. And then it, something sunk in and I kind of started researching it um, before, we got, before I got pregnant. I got pregnant like five months after we got married. And um, then we went to an OB for the first appointment and didn't meet the OB. And the nurse practitioner told me, uh, I had asked her if I was going to meet the OB in that appointment. She said, no, you'll have four different doctors. You won't know which one is going to be at the birth. And I thought, okay, this is really not comfortable. I'm not even meeting the doctor and they are all going to just kind of shuffle through each of my appointments. So I just didn't like it. And anyway, I had mentioned to that nurse practitioner, we are thinking of at least looking at a birth center. She... Uh, just piped right in and said, yeah, I actually had all my births <laughs> or did my births at, with the midwife. And I was like, oh, she's like, so you should probably look into it if you're leaning that way at all. And I was like, I will, which is surprising to me. You know, nice. they were total OBGYNs. They weren't nurse midwives. So uh, we went and interviewed at the birth center. The midwives answered every question the way I wanted them to. And um, so, yeah, we started with them. And And can I ask something
1: real quick in there? So making that shift from hospital to out of hospital also, of course, means that you're willing to commit to not using an epidural. So do you remember in that space? And I love that this story eventually gets to you free birthing because (laughs) I love these baby steps and to just kind of like acknowledge them because that's that's pretty big, even just right there to go to, to go out of hospital means I'm, means that you're saying no epidural. Right. Do you remember that at all? Like calculating that or making that No, I remember.
0: Yeah. I remember walking out of the appointment, walking back to the car and like talking to Jordan and saying, we are, I'm calling the midwives. It just felt so impersonal, I think is the word. And I just, I think really just something deeply inside was like, no way. And I knew that my pain tolerance was high. (laughs) Like I've had, you know, I have a tattoo and it's, you know, on my rib cage and the woman's like, I've seen grown men cry here and, you know, when they get it there. So I knew that like, my pain tolerance was fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Jordan's mom had had two at home. So he was very uh, supportive. And I think he knew more than I did just what I was capable of. So that was really special. I think, um, trying to remember if, I don't know if there was really anything else. I mean, it was kind of like, as soon as I knew we weren't doing the OB, like I could just feel in that first appointment, this is not right. Mm -hmm. That was like the epidural went out of my mind. Now during all four births during transition, my thought was, this is why women get epidurals. Mm It's understandable every, each, <laughs> each time. And so, but then every time I was like, this is transition. So, mm-hmm. okay, I'm almost done. And so it's like such a fleeting moment that. Yeah. Yeah. With Cedric, I got really self-conscious about my weight. So I started telling them my weight was less when, when they would do my weight check because I gained over 50 pounds with him and I'm like five, three. So I just was like really self-conscious and thought, they're going to think something's wrong. I don't know. I just was Mm -hmm. so freaked out, which I think, you know, kind of shows my trust was pretty high, but not all the way there. And so then with Freddie again, gained over 50 pounds and was also not telling them everything, but we refused everything with him. Only did the fetus go.
1: But what were you withholding your, your pre pre pre-pregnancy
0: weight? No, like during the weight checks, I just like, you go in to the bathroom and pee and then do stand on the scale and then you go in, you know, and they do the, you know, blood pressure and all that stuff. Oh,
1: you were telling them a different number.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wow. (laughs) Interesting. I just couldn't. And I kept telling Jordan, I just, I don't feel unhealthy. I don't feel uncomfortable, but I just didn't want them to know. I didn't want the looks. They had already been really pushing like Mm. protein is such a big thing. They push and, um, I just wasn't,
1: uh, it just made me
0: too uncomfortable. And did you decline the gestational diabetes test? Oh, yeah. I declined. I didn't do any testing ever.
1: Yeah, I mean, your intuition (laughs) was probably right. I mean, who knows? Maybe they would have really, you know.
0: And my blood pressure was always, like, I mean, low and, or, you know, normal and, on the lower end of normal, but normal and study. So, although I did have one, when I had an appointment with a certain midwife, my blood pressure was always higher. And I would, thankfully we got the notes from the midwives, um, when we decided to have our third with just each other, just to see, to look back on the labor and see, and it's really fascinating, but, um, yeah, I noticed that it was higher. And I remember, I remember that. And, and I remember telling her I'm, actually feeling more like uncomfortable and I can, I know this is going to be higher. She got it. It was higher. And I said, it's higher. And she's like, well, it's still normal. So it doesn't matter. And I said, no, I don't. Like, I just remember thinking, I don't want that on my chart that. And it's like, it's the vibe, (laughs) it's Mm. the vibe from you. So interesting, you know, it's all those hindsight things that in the moment, it's like, Oh, it's okay. I can Mm -hmm. just let that go. So
1: how, so how was your first birth?
0: Um, really long ended up being like a 30 hour labor. I, which I know is not a whole weekend, but it was long. Um, it started like the day before I just noticed it was able to go back to sleep and then they were just kind of steady all day. And I basically was not sure I was in labor, which now I know is just early labor. Um, so we just spent the day hanging out. My husband works from home. So Um, and then we went out to dinner. That's when the contractions picked up and got back home and it was getting really tough, but I could feel that he was really high. And like of all my other kids, they all felt low, but he was just up high. I think my body just hadn't settled in yet. And so I could tell things were not moving and we had taken a birth class that was awesome. And, you know, we had home birth, hospital birth and birth center women all together. And so, but she was very much pro. These are your options. This is what I, you know, I recommend is like serenity, peacefulness. You can do this. She was pro woman. (laughs) So, but she had made a comment during that. The Jordan reminded me, like, if things kind of are slowing down and you feel like you need to do more than just get up and move your body, so I did like side lunges down the hall, which sounds atrocious and it was, but it moved him down and then we called the midwives and went in and um I got in the water. Water just wasn't my friend in birth, which I was really hoping it would be. Um and my hips, um I was born with hip dysplasia, which means the, like the hip socket's not fully in, right? So I had the braces on and so I think that played into the hip pain during my birth. So I don't know that all women feel that hip pain that I felt. Obviously, I'm never probably going to know that. Um, So that was difficult because no one could touch me. I didn't want to be touched. Um, I remember getting checked several times. And at that point, you know, I had basically declined everything during my prenatals with the midwives. But for some reason, I at least in that birth, I think knowing, okay, you're at a six, like I'm not like all this last 24 hours wasn't in vain. And then closer, you know, I think closer on, they could kind of just see Mm -hmm. everything opening up. Um, and then transition happened and I threw up, which was wonderful. It was the best contraction of the whole thing. And I got on the bed a couple of times on my side, trying to push. And I think the thing that really stood out to me as I've been reflecting on it was they told me you're out of 10, you can push. And so I did. Mm. And it ended up being two and a half hours of pushing yeah. and it wasn't necessary. And, and that's, that's epidural yeah. talk. That's, you know, right. that's, that's when I women- know don't have. I know. And they, yeah. And so I was on the birth stool and basically holding myself up because the pressure on my hips was so much. I just couldn't. So every contraction, I just lifted myself up and pushed and it was just hard. Mm -hmm. And he came out, um, and he was blue. They ended up cutting the cord and I got him out and then they put him on oxygen and they're like reassuring me. He's, he's, his heart's beating. You know, And I hadn't, at that point, researched enough to realize, why did we cut the cord? Yeah. There was no, you know, all of that. And so they, I ha- was just completely calm after he came out, though. I knew he was fine. I just, that deep mother knowing, I just yeah. knew. And he was. And so he started breathing. They brought him back. And I noticed
1: intense. That, yeah. That's intense. It was. I mean, it's intense yeah. to force yeah. pushing and then to have. Okay a blue baby that's cut from you and put on oxygen and
0: that's a lot. Yeah. And he was a very, he still is a high need baby and a high need person. And so, and you know, we're learning to not push him in life, (laughs) that he's really in charge of his life. And that, like, I think just was the wrong start for Mm. him. It was just like, I'm going to push you out. (laughs) And I think he just needed some more time just sitting in there, which, you know, I don't, looking back, I just, you can't change it. But, mm-hmm. um, and I noticed that some people on your comments had liked knowing when the placenta was born for some reason. I saw that on that yesterday So, um, he was born at like seven in the morning. Um, and with all my births, the water didn't break until almost right before they were coming out for the most part um, but then the placenta was 720 so he was only 20 minutes that one was only 20 minutes after and um, he was my biggest eight pounds 12 ounces I'm pretty sure so I they said he was born at 39 weeks pretty positive I was way overdue because the rest of mine were seven pounds and under at about 38 weeks so I just think I think that was way off I <laughs> I just, I think my pregnancy test didn't show me that. And I think also it was a blessing so I could actually birth with the midwives mm. because they would have transferred me. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So that was the first one. I tore. They stitched me. Wasn't a big deal. Um, postpartum pretty, recovery was fine. Pretty, yeah. like,
1: almost, like, average birth center experience.
0: right. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so then, right. It wasn't very long after he was born. Nur- nursing came pretty easily. Nice. I used a nipple shield for like 24 hours on one side and he was a champion. <laughs> so, um, so after he was born, I had listened to a podcast about unassisted an birth and the woman had had several children and basically went from, you know, hospital to home birth, midwife to free birth. And, um, I was like, that's what we're going to do. That's what we need to do. And I had my husband listen to it and he was like, okay, I can see that like, this is probably where we're going to end up. Would it be okay to do one more in a birth center just to make sure (laughs) it's okay. And so, and we're pretty prayerful. So we prayed about it and I felt fine. I didn't feel, I don't, I don't think I didn't feel pressured to do the birth center again. I still felt comfortable with them. So anyway, um, so then my second Freddie, he was born, um, and he was born three weeks early and, um, I had had pre-labor, which I hate the term pre-labor because I think something's really going on, uh, but pre-labor for, um, several days. And so I had finally called the midwives pretty exhausted and they said, just take a Benadryl so you can sleep. And I did. And then that's the night he was born. <laughs> Whoa. So I got like three hours of really hard sleep and then woke up and was like, okay. So I got up. Did that make you groggy? I thought it would, but no, okay. I really thought it would. Yeah. So, um, so with Freddie, I had had the pre-labor and then we, um, we, my mom had ended up coming cause we thought it was happening. So she was already there and stayed with Cedric our my oldest. And we went into the birth center. He was born. His birth was eight hours total, um, fast, pretty easy, came out easy. And I think, um, I didn't tear. And the only thing, the water again, didn't help me the bathtub. Um, but they had had a new midwife in cause at that point they were They're just the, like, apprentice midwives, right? So she came in, and I was naked and in the bath and totally moaning in the zone and look up and see her and was like, okay. And then she left, and then my regular midwife comes in. She's like, I did not realize you didn't know her. I thought you had had at least one appointment with her. Do you want her to leave? It's totally fine to say yes, but I, like, in the moment, you know, I was pretty far, like, maybe not quite to transition, but pretty much there. And so I was like, you know, she's seen me naked, whatever, totally wrong. And for anyone listening, if you don't know the birth attendant, tell him to leave because it's seared into my memory. Mm. Um, being on the birth stool, her being down there and just looking at me making these sounds, Mm. pushing my baby out. And it was just not it was just not ideal, right? It's just <laughs> so, not
1: comfortable.
0: No. And that's wasn't. the thing,
1: like with, I mean, with, you know, a- as women with vaginas who go see doctors right. or midwives, right. you know, yeah. or, or whatever, I mean, it is, we are trained our whole life to essentially be okay with being uncomfortable, right? you know? I mean, how awkward is it to be on your back and have a stranger put a speculum inside of you? It's it's really, quite frankly, it's horrible. Even if it's done respectfully, you know? You do not know this person and we have to override the part of us that's like, ugh, you know? We believe that we have to override it anyway. Of course, we actually don't. And so I'm glad you're putting that out because, of course, anyone at a hospital, you know, birthing at choosing a hospital is not going to know probably anybody there.
0: um, No. And that's, and then I was thinking if even the women that go in and two hours later have a shift change, they have brand new nurses come in. They, and I just found out for some reason in all of my reading this I don't know if it's just never stuck. I didn't realize women can't be naked in the hospital and they're in their gowns. I'm like, that would have been horrible. So like well, you can't lots, stand there and be naked and you
1: can in a lot of hospitals I've been to. Oh good. Yeah,
0: but I but I've
1: also Maybe just
0: not those some, yeah.
1: I'm sure there's a mixture, but but there's also I've seen plenty of people put the gown on a naked woman. Right. You know, implying right. like modesty. Right. Um, right. But I've also seen women just take right. it off. But yes, it is, it is the expectation yeah. is that you are going to wear a disgusting hospital gown. Right. right. Yeah.
0: Anyway, well, and then so at oh, the same, well, yeah, but it also at the same time, like in our society, we also have that push of like, this is my body. I can show whatever part I want, Da da But in the birth setting, it's really up to the woman. I mean, it is in every setting, but it's, it's a lot different to have like when you're, Falling and you know, in well, the think, middle of everything. I, to I not, think you
1: can show you know, whatever you want if it's sexualized. I think that's right, acceptable. Right. Like you can yeah. wear the short shorts or the big cleavage right. tops, but I don't think when it's not from a birth. space, yeah, from a space of right. like the wild woman and the power and the the rawness. And it's quite right. frankly, I mean, it's not all. What's I want to I want to say it's not all beautiful. It is all beautiful, but you know, it also is intense. Yeah. Raw. And maybe you are throwing up and maybe there are fluids (laughs) coming out of you or, or poop or, (laughs)
0: right. And that's,
1: that's but, but I'm thinking,
0: yeah. But at the same time, I think like in our society, we have that. I agree like that. You can be very sexual, but in the birth setting, I think we can take that in to the birth setting and not realize that if we don't know the people there, it's, really uncomfortable and you come out of it going, whoa, all those people just saw me Mm -hmm. pooping and Mm -hmm. (laughs) peeing and having fluid and blood and, you know, snot and everything coming out of me in this really vulnerable time when I just wanted my husband to see that part. No one else needed to see it. So it's like forced, it's like forced intimacy, but right. But you
1: don't know them. And it's not even real intimacy, especially because the team, isn't really participating in your rawness, you know, whereas right. with a, with a home birth or with a wonderful midwife or the, you know, the right birthing team right. in home, it can be quite intimate, you know, and right. I mean, I've mean, i gotten into showers right. with, with my women and, right. you know, I've gotten quite intimate Very close. blood from the, right. you know, thighs, but you know, if everyone's in scrubs and they're just charting and you know, right. but you're like this naked wild woman. Yeah, it's, right. it's totally uneven playing field, which is way too. It's vulnerable, but in a bad way, not in a right. beautiful way. Anyway, right. So okay. Yeah. So you're
0: you're there. There's a stranger midwife now between yeah. your legs. Yeah, she was on the side. So my regular midwife was there, and okay. she was wiping blood off of my thighs mm-hmm. and doing all the wonderful things she did. Um, and so then I had him. Um. And again, the placenta was born like several minutes later. It just came right out after him. And um, we, since we weren't able, well, weren't able to delay cord clamping with Cedric, we did with him and it was on for uh, quite a long time. And I thought about doing a lotus birth, just didn't, I just didn't feel fully invested in that. So it was, a, I don't remember how long, it was quite a while after and he didn't seem to know, you know, it was like, nothing's going on. So we just cut it and, um, we're there for like maybe an hour or two. It was really quick after we just wanted to get home. So we went home and then right after that, um, those midwives, so Idaho began licensing midwives and, um, and placed pretty, some stupid restrictions on them. And then those midwives, Um, there was one client that had a, uh, not an ideal birth situation. Her baby died and they, she basically went after the midwives. And so they, um, ended up having to close and they don't practice anymore. Obviously they lost their licenses because they were finally licensed. So like all culminated and it really felt, um, intentional, I guess, Mm -hmm. in a way, like it just all that, the timing of it felt too weird. So that happened and then, um, and so that kind of pushed me a little bit more to like, okay, the next one's going to be free birth. And so I had ovulated, not had a period and got pregnant, uh, cause I was still nursing. So Freddie was nursing, he stopped nursing. Um, and I remember thinking like really like right after the next day, I wonder if we just conceived a baby and I was like, no, because he went back to nursing. And so then I was pregnant. So I knew exactly when, basically when she was going to come and she came early. Um, so we had, I guess I should say during all the births, I read a ton of positive birth stories. I books, obviously, um, but with Eloise, we just knew we were going to do it alone, especially because our midwives were mm-hmm. gone. And the other main midwife had decided to homeschool her daughter. So she quit being midwife at that time. And so it was like, okay, well, I don't, I didn't feel good about the ones in town. And, um, I felt really confident (laughs) that we, that I could do it. And so, So, so
1: did you free birth from lack of options or did you free birth? No, because that's what you would have chosen.
0: No. Yeah. And so, and actually, I guess when we, so we were, considering we were really pretty sure about this. We went and had one appointment with the midwives to see. And that's when I found out that our main midwife was leaving. And so I was, I felt like it was more of just a confirmation, Mm -hmm. like this is the right time. And, um, so I had, yeah, one appointment, we told them what we were going to be planning. They were, they had some questions, but they were really Open minded, I think, as far as midwives go and doctors, especially. Um, and they, so I have the Rh negative blood type. And so they had even offered, they showed Jordan how to do, um, to take the cord blood so that we could get it tested for the baby and like that we could just drop it off. And they have, a, you know, a drop box in their birth center. So we could just drop it off. They'd have their lab run it for us and they'd let us know what the baby was. And I wasn't going to get the Rogam shot, but I wanted to know. If for their sake in the future. And I didn't mm-hmm. know when they'd ever get their blood test. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. And they gave us the supplies for that too. So like, it was really, I think as awesome as midwives can be about choosing, having a client go to a free birth. Um, and I, at that time, I think also, it was significant for me was we changed to like a whole food plant-based diet Mm. was the best pregnancy I had. And I felt good. I did yoga. I did a lot of meditation. So it just like everything kind of fell into place. I, we, we had both, well, I had read the heart and hands book, the midwives use, um, and kind of, you know, tabbed certain pages for Jordan to go back through to make sure he knew certain things. And, and how was, we, how was yeah. he
1: feeling in prep? Cause he had done the compromise birth yeah. to birth and, right. birth, and right. now it's on. Right. What was his
0: uh, level yeah. of
1: anxiety or support or where did he fall? I,
0: yeah, I think he was all in, he was pretty awesome. Again, we'd prayed about it. So it was like, this is what we both know we're supposed to do. Let's research what we're supposed to research and be prepared. So we've done our part and then it should just go. And if we transfer, then we transfer, but we've done, you know, it's not for lack of knowledge or oh, the rest is up anything, to God at right? some point. Right. Like you can right. only
1: do yeah. so much in any setting.
0: Right. And he had, so he's really organized and <laughs> likes his chart. So he did do like, he did my prenatals, but it was really, <laughs> I mean, at the, at night before bed. And so what did that look like? Uh, <laughs> me laying down on the bed and, uh, he did the fundal height and he did, he learned how to do the blood pressure. He took my pulse, which I think my blood pressure was even lower with my husband taking it. It was just like this calm, you know, and right before bed. So it was all easy. I did do my weight and I think, and I wasn't as nervous with him cause it of didn't course. matter. And how was your and weight I, gain? Yeah. So with both the girls, whole food plant-based diet, um, for the most part, um, and I gained like 28 pounds with both of them, wow. just about. So it was a lot less, and I felt a lot better, mm-hmm. so I think. It wasn't necessarily, I don't really care that I gained less. If I gained 50 and felt as great, fine. Right. But of course. I did notice that not having as much swelling, and I didn't have swelling with the girls very much at all, and just all worked better. Yeah, So he and so he had te- put that on the chart. So And that was more for... Like if I did have to transfer, they could look and see what my normal was, and that was, you know, obviously we didn't need it, but we didn't know at the time if we would need it. So, um, and it was, it didn't seem like a huge, like intervention to me to have my husband do that. No, it can be really cute. Yeah. So
1: okay, so taking to the birth.
0: Um. So she, I had had pre labor for a couple of weeks with her, and um. I'd taken the kids to this harvest festival and we had done this tractor ride and it was pretty bumpy. And I Hmm. noticed the contractions kicked up right after that. Um, And so they just kind of were steady all day the rest of the afternoon and evening. And I went to bed thinking maybe I'll wake up at like, you know, one or something and have her. But um, so I did wake up at one they were stronger. And I went downstairs and did, I walked up the stairs a few times just to make sure it wasn't going to just go away. Cause sometimes when you, you know, pre-labor you get up, they just stop. So I was like, maybe I can go back to bed. <laughs> and then I just, uh, sang downstairs quietly. Cause everyone was asleep upstairs and walked around in the dark. And at about four, I went back up and Jordan woke him up and told him. And so we got my dad, and stepmom to come over to get the boys mm. and um, then I just stayed upstairs the rest of the time and we had laid like a dollar store shower curtain on the ground <laughs> and we did have um, so we did buy a couple of like birth uh, supplies so we had a few of the bigger pads to catch some of the water and blood and um, and then the shower curtain and we had I had bought this random Bucket at the dollar store to catch the placenta in. And, um, we did buy, like we had random things. Like we did get the, Oh shoot. I can't remember the name now. The section, not the bulb section or, but the one that's like the
1: Frida that, one. You,
0: that you suck into. Mm-hmm. And then it's sucks what so is that called? The delete, the delete, delete. Yeah. yeah. So we had that and like, we had real cord blood scissors and just random things that never got used, but we just thought, well, they're here just in case. And, you know, maybe someday someone will need to use them in our storage. Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) So, um, well, that's part, let me just say
1: that's part of what's fun about free birthing is you get to decide and assess what stuff you want. And it's different for everybody. Like, a delete, it hasn't even occurred to me, you know, but but for you, it did, you know, and that's, it can be, I mean, maybe for someone that could be stressful, but I think for a lot of women, it's kind of fun to be like, what is the things that might feel good for me to have? And and also, what are things that might be triggering for me to have around that I have no desire to look at? And it's so different for everybody. So yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah. And, and we, yeah, it really, I don't think we had those it wasn't really based on fear. Honestly, I think it was more like, I just didn't want blood on my carpet. Mm-hmm. So like, that was the main thing. And I remember thinking like, cause the, the kit that we bought was a home birth kit. And so it had a bunch of things that you just, I knew we weren't going to need mm-hmm. like iodine or, you sure. know, random things. So it was like gloves, gloves. Yeah. So, um, so I mainly labored up there. I took a bath for a little bit and that was when, like I had mentioned to you that I really did feel my ancestors there. And I remember, so Jordan actually has a great grandma that was a midwife. And I remember like sitting or being in the bathtub crying, um, Mm -hmm. which usually meant I was getting closer to the end. Um, and I remember feeling like just feeling someone there, like a very womanly, Mm. nice feeling. And, um, I don't know if it, I think it was after I got out of the bath and Jordan said, you know, I think Grandma Blotter was sitting in there with you. And I just was like, I oh, know she was. That was her. Oh. And so it's just this nice, like I felt so supported and so I felt more supported in that moment than the previous two births. Wow. And she isn't even physical, you know. So Well, that's why I love uh, yeah. I love
1: not using the term unassisted. Right. You know, because how how assisted you were in that, you know, in that scene by your ancestors. It's right. so beautiful.
0: There's so much more power <laughs> with them than I think we realize, And so that like kind of buoyed me up and cause Eloise's birth ended up being 24 hours. So at this point I was pretty tired. Um, and so we, I sat, we sat on the bed and Jordan was behind me and I just like breathed into him for a few contract hard contractions and, um, ended up getting on the, like the corner edge of the bed with a bunch of pillows and just laid on the pillows with my hips, you know, swaying my hips. And he kept putting warm cloths on my back because I really just don't like being touched during labor. But that is like the warm cloths was like oh, totally soothing. And, um, I remember I just started bawling again and that's how I knew I was in transition. And I just, I didn't, it's not even a cry of pain. They just come. And I really think crying's a huge release. And so, mm-hmm. I was releasing something. It just needed to come out. And Mm -hmm. I remember at that point hearing, like, I remember hearing you're in transition, you're almost done. Mm. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And so not long after that, I really felt like I needed to get my leg up. So I put my leg, I got to the edge of the bed and put my leg up on the edge of the bed and right then my water just broke. And, um, kind of, I think I may have, I don't even know. I didn't even push. It was just more like I, my body moved down. And mm-hmm. so everything moved down with it. It wasn't like I was pushing anything. And then I got, I, for some reason it, you know, it's one of those, you don't know why, but I just got down on my hands or on my knees and I had my hands back behind me, holding me up and she, like, I could feel her. And I, it was during a contraction. I just, I, and Jordan said, you know, he could see her head. And I said, is she going to be like, is her head going to be out on the next contraction? And he was like, no, but you know, you're doing really good. I don't know why I asked. And he obviously didn't. (laughs) Right. I know. (laughs) know, It's so funny. And so I was like thinking, nope, her head's coming out. And so I just on that contraction pushed her head was out. And this was, um, the first birth where I actually felt her rotate, I'd Mm. never felt the baby move and she rotated and that next contraction, she, she, you know, just sprung out and he was like, Whoa, okay. Whoa. There she is. Cool. There's and you know, I was holding myself back behind me with the support. So there was no way I could have reached. Mm -hmm. There was just no way to configure that to catch her. Um, and so she, she immediately, you know, he just grabs her and hands her up to me, and so I just sat there on my knees, and she immediately latched. I mean, I guess she probably made a sound or something because we weren't worried about breathing, but she just—I mean, it was almost instantly. And I thought this was like the kangaroo video I'd seen on YouTube. You know, it was like, well, they do just latch right away. <laughs> um, And then my placenta took for me what seemed like a while, since the other two were like fifteen, twenty minutes. And so I had an angelica tincture and I had also had shepherd's purse just in case of hemorrhage or something. And so, but I took the angelica, like one dropperful full under my tongue and it was within like a minute or two and it was, oh, there it is. And it was ready to come out, but I didn't, I hadn't felt the like urged to push it out before that point. And at that point I was so tired and I was like leaning on the edge of the bed, just holding her while she just kept nursing. And I was like, I just need to lay down. So it wasn't really like we're worried about the length of time. I just was tired mm-hmm. and needed to be done with that. So I could lay down and just, yeah. So, and yeah. So then Jordan cleaned everything up, you know, it was all cu- basically on the shower curtain. So he just, <laughs> Folded it up and, you know, he had read in the heart and hands and also we had talked to the midwives about the placenta. He was kind of, he, he was, I think one of his main, main things that he was worried about was making sure that all the placenta came out Mm -hmm. so that we didn't have a problem with that later. So he was really diligent about checking it and, you know, making sure all of that had the three vessels, all of that. Um, And then cleaned everything up. And with both the girls, we did placenta encapsulation after And that was amazing. Um, the, the after pains with Eloise were the, were, were really bad. And I hadn't, I hadn't noticed them with my first, the second one, I noticed them a little bit. The third one, it was, I was crying through them because they were so painful and I just didn't, I just didn't put that together that it would be so hard.
1: Yeah.
0: So we did something different with Marie after, but, um, yeah, it was really, peaceful so mm. we didn't really we didn't tell anyone <laughs> you know no and honestly no one asked us anything they didn't ask what time the midwives got there they didn't ask anything so we just really you know Wait, what about just,
1: the what about your your parents or family that came about right. the boys?
0: No. They didn't I mean, know no. Whoa. No one knew. Um in fact some may find out with this. Yeah right? <laughs> you no, know, here you go. Um yeah, I just didn't like I said at the very beginning. I just did not want anyone's fear. Totally, and um, it's no one's business. And mistrust. Yeah, a mistrust of me and my body and Jordan. Like we are adults and made mm-hmm. this decision. And so I and I felt really much more of like a sacred experience. So I just didn't want to bring any of it. Even after, I just felt really it's none of your business. And so well, even you got, people, you outside, got
1: lucky that no one specifically asked. That's kind of unusual.
0: I'm guessing I was putting out the, like, don't even (laughs) go there. And so like, you you already
1: had two midwife assisted births. So that's like an easy assumption versus like with your first or yeah.
0: Right. And, and that we had just said, oh, we're doing a home birth, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm sure there were random people that were more acquaintances that asked with a midwife. Oh yeah you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what, no, and get into that debate with you. I don't care to do that.
1: So yeah, they didn't know. I appreciate you pointing that out because I, you know, I, I see a lot of women struggle with that boundary and, you know, feeling like they have to fight in their pregnancy and, and that this information is for some reason owed to, Right. anybody, Any, yeah, anybody at all. And like, no. you, know, you know, I think for some people it might sound kind of crazy, but I say it all the time. Like, yeah, lie to your mom, lie to your dad. Like who, <laughs> it doesn't matter who it is. This is yeah. where you're going to birth your baby with you and your partner. And, and that, you know, like you don't, you don't tell people, you know, what room you have the most sex in,
0: right. you know, like it's right. none
1: of anyone's business unless you want to share that.
0: Right. Yeah. And there were a select few that did know, but, and they were the ones that I knew were not judging and thought, you know, and trusted like our intuition, trusted our, like our answers to prayers. And so like, I just didn't want to bring the negativity. Yeah. Those
1: are the only people that deserve to know.
0: I guess. Yeah. It is
1: privileged information. And, and honestly, anything about you is privileged information, right? you know? I mean, we're just, again, like we're just so trained to not have boundaries as women, just to give everything away and that like everything's owed to everybody, you know? And it's, it's, it's not like that or it doesn't have to be like that. So I'm glad you touched on that. You know,
0: and there are some consequences, you know, to not being able to, for not feeling like I could really share that and not, and that also that I didn't want to, you know, you don't get to share every moment of the birth with Mm -hmm. people. And I, and I was actually pretty surprised at how little people really asked after. And I thought, well, maybe with the last, I was just really open. And so it invited more conversation. But after this, you know, I was just, we were totally flying high (laughs) in our own world. And I was like, no, one's going to break this. It's just like, We, I have done something totally awesome Mm -hmm. with my husband, and our baby is so awesome and perfect. It didn't. It was just no one else mattered. I I guess. I hope anyone
1: listening, you know, can can hear that and feel that. And if they're struggling with this, you know, topic, like, give yourself that, you know, please, because it is it. Yeah. if, If you know that your environment could harm you know your right. experience you know protect that right so fiercely
0: yeah and jordan was really he's way more introverted than i am and so he already is like we don't need to talk about this to anyone this was our birth experience <laughs> he's like and we don't
1: even need to talk at all <laughs> right yeah <laughs> That's how my so, husband is. He's like, yes, ignore everybody. I'm like, right. but that's just what you do. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So let's, let's, let's pivot to your last baby. So Marie. So, um, so again, had a really pretty good pregnancy. Everything was fine. And you I just, think our prenatals you were just knew. way. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, so I actually, yeah, I had been breastfeeding still and didn't even, I have no idea when I ovulated. I didn't get a period. She just was like there and the the first I should say the first two the boys we knew exactly when they were coming. Obviously with Eloise, I knew she, when she was conceived. I we weren't quite like okay, we're ready, but at the same time like I hadn't really thought we were I was going to, so I kind of thought that covered it. She came and so Marie was like hello world, you're supposed to have me now. Um, yeah. And I don't even, I really don't know. Uh, So we kind of guessed on about when she would be born, um, which was uh, sometime in May. And, um, I, you know, I think we made like a pretty good guess based on sexual activity or something, but, um, so sometime in May and had a good pregnancy again, didn't tell anyone. And we, I think the prenatal checks random were way more random that time. I don't, they weren't as often. Um, and I had been through, I started having pre-labor several weeks before and it really, I really, one hand, you know, for all the people who want to roll their eyes, I truly believe I went through every stage of labor (laughs) in the pre-labor I had. I had the random early labor pains. I had some really intense active labor. And then one night I was laying on the couch and I just, they, it was like an overwhelming feeling. And I got, I felt sick to my stomach, thought I was going to throw up. And so I was like, I think something's really happening. And so Jordan looks at, at the purple line and he's like, you're like dilated all the way. And I was like, what? No way. So I'm like, okay. Cause I was actually feeling like, Whoa, this is like, that's awesome. (laughs) She's just going to come out. And, um, and I had done, so I do energy work. And so I had done a lot of clearing of like generational thought patterns and negative like associations with birth on my family line. And so I knew, and like, I knew pain didn't need to hurt uh, or Birth didn't need to hurt. There didn't need to be pain in it. It could just go smoothly. And so I was like, well, wow, like my energy work is awesome. I'm really, you know, thinking it's great. Um, So I was in the bath, like I felt it, like, whoa. And then it just stopped. Mm-hmm. It was like it all closed back up. And I was like, what just happened? And did the line go away? Yep, the line That's went crazy. away. Crazy. It was so weird. And so. Birth is so crazy. I know. So then a whole week basically went by Mm -hmm. and, um, had kind of, I think went back to like Braxton Hicks contractions. I was like, this is so bizarre. Um, and then, um, I woke up at like three in the morning and thought, okay, something's going on. This is pretty intense, but it wasn't intense, painful like it used to be. And so I was like, well, um, yeah, I don't know. I just was like, maybe something's going on. So I told Jordan, he was like, okay. And so we're like moving around. And a little while later he checks and he's like, the purple lines, like almost all the way up. And I was like, that's not possible. Like I am, I, there's no way I can be in transition. And he was like, you know, that this doesn't have to be painful. Mm. It's just going to be like, you've cleared it all. So Mm. you it's, it's just going to be nice. And I was like, okay. And so her birth was three hours long. Um, and it was like, I was talking through, um, through almost the whole, you know, three hours. And then I got in the bathroom cause I had just felt pretty early on. I needed that. That's where she was going to be born. And it felt really safe. And like, a, I, I really like the term cave. Like it felt mm-hmm. like a cave, like I just felt protected and it got really intense. I like sat down and peed and I was like, Whoa, here she is stood up and Um, but I couldn't hold, I like had no strength to pull. It was weird. Like I didn't have pain, but it was like, I had no strength. And so Jordan, actually, I was like, you have to get down so I can lean on you. Mm. Um, it was like, I couldn't even walk. And so he got down on all fours and I just sat there through a few contractions and just rested on him. Hmm. And the only pain during the whole thing was when she crowned Mm -hmm. and you know, the normal ring of fire was there. And so I was like, And I could just feel, whoa, she's like, she was ready to come when she was conceived. She was just like, she, her head came out and Jordan's like, can you, are you going to catch her? And I said, I don't think I can. Like, I just physically didn't feel like I had the strength. I said, I don't think I can. He's like, then you're going to have like on your next contraction, you're just going to have to let me turn. You're going to have to like hold on to the Uh towel rack or something. And I said, okay. So the next, I felt her turn, hmm. next contraction. She split out really faster than Eloise into his hands, and she was screaming. <laughs> <laughs> she screamed for, gosh, it had to have been like an hour. Whoa! And yeah, she just <laughs> screamed. little
1: warrior cry.
0: Yeah, but she's the calmest. Uh, she's so calm, and she really, <laughs> I think she was really here to heal us mm. and, and really here to heal like me and my birth experiences and to heal, like going forward. Like, I think she's like partially paved the way for the two of them to have awesome birth experiences if they want them. Um, and then the placenta was born again at like, I I think it was within like 20 minutes. It was really fast. Um, and we just, I, I did bleed and, you know, I'm not sure if it was hemorrhaging, but I did have, I don't know if anyone who's listening has heard of shock tea, but basically raspberry leaf tea, honey, and cayenne. So I had that, and I was chugging that. Um, it tastes really good in labor. It sounds disgusting, but it's really refreshing. So I was just kind of chugging that, and it oh, but stopped. But pa- pause and, there
1: for a second. What do you yeah. mean you don't know if you hemorrhage? Like
0: It was a lot of blood.
1: but <laughs> it was, but I But yeah. I, I would say hemorrhage is more about your lack of ability to deal with that loss of blood, right? you know, cause yeah. And so that's lose... why I'm like,
0: I'm not sure if it was,
1: well, like, were you, it was passing quite a out bit. and shaking and pale. And like, did you have all the hemorrhage?
0: I think symptoms? I shook, shook a little bit, but, um, but like immediately after she came out and we could just see, you know, and it wasn't an indicative of the other three births, like how much blood was coming out mm-hmm. and or Not indicative, not the right word, but it wasn't as much as the other three had been. And so I, and I remember both of us thinking like, that's quite a bit of blood. And I just instinctively just grabbed the tea and
1: started drinking that. You just had that tea nearby?
0: Yeah, I'd had it made. I mean, I was just kind of making one like every week, just like a few weeks before birth, just to make sure I had it in the fridge and just like a quart thing of it. So I could just, so I drank the whole Court. It didn't take that long for the bleeding to like get less, but, and so, and because we were in the bathroom, we hadn't laid anything down. So it was kind of splattered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then she finally latched after like an hour of yelling and, um, yeah, it took Jordan a little while with that one to clean up. And he said, the like, guy had asked him if we had another one, what, is there anything you would do different? And he was like, if there's someone that can just come and clean up so I can lay down with you and the baby, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh yeah.
1: Um, or, or and so put that shower yeah. curtain down again so that he could right. do the nice little tablecloth
0: fold. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and so our other, others, the, my oldest had heard me making sounds in the bathroom and he came in and he was like, what's going on? And Jordan's like, she's going to have the baby. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have the baby. And so we're like, just go lay back in bed. And cause I didn't, I just didn't want them sitting there watching at me. I, it was just more eyes on me and I just didn't, like that. And so, but as soon as they heard her cry, hmm. all three are Aww. in the bathroom and, you know, it was like, we have a little girl and it was beautiful. And mm. then my dad and stepmom ended up taking them for a couple of nights. And that was the best at like, you know, three kids is a lot. And when you have a newborn, it's a lot. And so they brought him over once for a little bit, just to see everyone. And, you know, but it was, I think we definitely needed the time with Marie, and time where we didn't have to talk to anyone. Yeah, that's nice. Have responsibility. Totally. So, yeah, and hopefully, some women will not be afraid to just say, "Please take them for at least one night Uh or something," because you just don't ever get time alone, really. Again, and I mean, sometimes they randomly go and do things, but you know, we're together all the time, and so I'm never going to get those few days back. And Mm -hmm. I did so, and with her, so I did, um, because I was really worried about the after pains being painful. I did get the after ease tincture and that was the best idea (laughs) I had. Um, it works miracles. I didn't feel like I could feel my uterus contracting, no pain, It ran out like a day too soon, (laughs) but at that point they weren't as bad, so it was manageable. But I was like, oh, I needed just like one ounce more, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah.
1: I've heard that stuff is amazing.
0: Yeah. And they were all so, you know, each birth is different and I really feel like each birth really to me, I can like see their births reflected in their personalities. And I know birth is really, really important energetically and spiritually and physically and it's it really is a responsibility of the mother who is as tuned in than anyone more tuned in than anyone else to pay attention to what that baby needs because you know if we got pregnant again and I felt a strong desire that we needed a midwife we would do that but of course i don't but i think both of my girls needed rebirth. I think they needed to be brought into the world in such a beautiful way to know that the world is beautiful and it is a safe place for them to be. And like, it's like a safe landing in our house that they can come to. And just like, I don't know, it's set up. It just set up a really peaceful lifestyle for us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it also helped me feel really empowered about we homeschool, but we also, we actually unschool. And so it just like, it helped me feel really empowered. Like I, I totally know what these kids need. I mm-hmm. don't need society to tell me what they need. And yeah, it really, I think birth can obviously play a major role in women's lives and they don't realize how big of a moment well, it's,
1: it's not going that it, to be. It's not and- that it can, it, does. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, every, whatever birth you have and however you do it sets the foundation. Right. It just does, you know, and that doesn't, that doesn't mean that if there's problems or trauma, you can't overcome that, but that's always going to be a part of the story. It just is. Things are what they are. It is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I would say you can heal from traumatic birth experiences and you can have the memory and no longer feel the emotional Mm -hmm. pain of it but it does, it's still yeah. there. It shapes, mm-hmm. It shape, And it really, I think does sh- shape how you view yourself, mm-hmm. what responsibility you're taking for yourself and for your babies. And if you choose to just do the normal, uh, conveyor <laughs> belt of pregnancy and birth, it's just, you're on that path for life. It really feel it's, I think doing, you know, even midwife assisted birth is different than than the mainstream. And it just, you start realizing, wow, I have so many choices, so many options and mm-hmm. it doesn't stop at birth. It, mm-hmm. it goes beyond birth. You know, I can That's choose like Pandora's to, box. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can choose to wear my baby. I can choose to decline all testing on them. I can, you know, breastfeed for five years. I can, do all these really abnormal things that are really normal everywhere else in the world. And And it's applied,
1: it's applied beyond just our children. It's applied to us, you know, the way that we cultivate relationships, the boundaries we set, the information we share, how we dress, where we move, you know, how our jobs may change. Like it's, it it doesn't end. It's, it's an entire way of life. You know, I love that quote, a woman births the way she lives. And especially with like four births like you it's so cool <laughs> how it changes you know and right. how things are just blossoming and constantly changing you know as you birth and as you live right and it's just so beautiful
0: and i would um there was one thing actually if i can squeeze it in yeah. for um and eloise's birth and i had written a note about this i don't know why i forgot but um during her labor my contractions never got closer than about five minutes apart, the mm-hmm. entire labor, which is not what you read normal births should be. And, um, I remember Jordan had told me a couple of the, you know, like i had asked like, how close are they? And then like, I think once maybe or twice. And then I was like, don't tell me anymore. Mm-hmm. Even if I ask, don't tell me because, and and I'm glad because if he had told me, it totally would have thrown me off. I would have been thinking I was way farther back. So I think listening anyone listening during birth, you have the option to, to change everything and, or to change one thing or to tell that birth attendant, you don't know, to just just go away and be mad at your midwife for even asking if, if you wanted them to go away and, and just saying, you know, instead of them just apologizing and making them leave, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's just, yeah, you have the power to change your birth outcome every moment until they're born. So yeah. yeah,
1: Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Awesome stories.
0: Thanks. They felt awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's inspiring. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time.
0: Thank you. That's it for today. Everyone
1: join us next week for another episode of the free birth podcast. Thanks for joining us, and remember, your body, your choice. Lots of love.